Local Media. Blockchain news, crypto crews and interviews. Keeping you tuned in to the ecosystem. Good afternoon and welcome to Core Radio. This is Lutz coming to you live today with Blockpool.io. And uh, they have a, an, a pretty pretty good ICO going on right now. Uh, they're doing very well. Uh, they've raised $222,000 and then some. And uh, they, they have a unique sort of method of collecting for ICOs, which we'll go over in a minute. And I want to introduce you guys to the team. Uh, we have a... A few people here. It took a little while to get set up, but we're all set up. And uh, who who do we have here in uh, in TeamSpeak? Hey, I'm Brandon Cook, uh, CIO of Blackpool. Hey, this is Raj. I'm like the lead blockchain developer. And I'm Ken, uh, one of the founders of uh, Blackpool. Very cool. And uh, is is it only you you three guys? Yeah, we're all in different time zones, so free's pretty good for uh, for us. Um, the team's about twelve on fifteen now in total, so it's difficult to get um, a lot of us together at the same time. Yeah, fifteen people on the on the team. Uh, yeah, probably more actually when you count the um, the people who are working on it on a, a paid basis. But yeah, we've got kind of um, quite a big team now from. I mean, initial setup of around five of us. It's grown pretty quickly over the last month or so. Very cool. Very nice. Uh, Raj, what kind of a de developer are you? So right now I'm looking into blockchains and how setting up different voting algorithms. Like we're looking into more and see what, uh, how different things we can do. How better, how, how, how much improvement can we make into it? What, what code, what, what language do you like the most? So that's actually a tough question. I mean, um, so I like working right now. I'm getting into Go, but uh, right now I'm working with JavaScript and Angular. How about Lisp? Yes. I mean, I've not have that much of an experience with it, but yeah. I mean, with languages, it's like I feel you need to know the basic concepts in the end, and like learning a language should not take much of a time once you know what you're doing. This website, blockpool.io, did you did you help make this? No, so I did not help make the website, but I'm working as a part of the development for the blockchain. Now, I, I build websites, and this is a complicated website. Whoever made this knows what he's doing. Yeah, we've got kind of, the difficulty has been that um, we're not kind of like a standard uh, ICO or a standard kind of startup because we've already got, Quite a few um, tracks in a proof of concept stage, or or um, kind of in in melting pot. So not really um, totally focused on the on the TEC or the ICO because I'd say most of our time is spent on um, negotiating contracts. So I guess we're kind of ahead in one way, and um, in terms of DPOS, we're behind like Lisk and Arc and Shift. Because we're still developing our chain, but in terms of the end use cases, we're 
probably a little bit ahead of those guys because we've already been over the last six months um, sort of scoping out different companies for for um, real world applications. Would, tell tell me some of these end use cases you plan to have. Okay, well, um, unfortunately, some of them are under um, NDA, uh, we've, but we've I can still tell you about them kind of in a generic way. Um, so we've been speaking to um, on the sports side, um, football and horse racing. Um, are very interested in asset tracking and more transparent transactions. Uh, I don't know whether football in the States is the same, but in, in certainly in Europe and the UK, um, it's a it's kind of a really dark art and um, there's not much transparency or uh, ethics involved, even though it's like um, a really upfront sport with uh, seemingly um, cleanish reputation, although FIFA have um, muddied the waters a bit in that. Yeah, there's a lot of skullduggery going on in um, different sports, so the blockchain is a perfect fit for those uh, kind of transactions. Obviously, there's pushback because people who are making uh, money under the table don't want to, they don't want transparency. So most of the issues that we have aren't techno te technology reasons, um, they're political reasons. and um, it's, the, it's the companies that, I mean, banking is a great sort of um, example of, uh, you know, that does need transparency and are open to it because it's what they basically their reputation depend on it uh, but we've also been talking to large uh, art um, global uh, sort of copyright tracking and uh, resale organization that want to be able to track works of art and we're quite far down the line with them that's going been going on for a few months currently we're doing a proof of concept as well for uh, brands, uh, a company called Buzzbike in London, who uh, basically they uh, give um, really high spec bikes out to punters for free uh, for carrying slogans and advertising on the bike. So we've built a geo tracking token reward system based around those bikes, which we're doing a, a proof of concept on in the next week or so. And that's going to be videoed and hopefully go on programs like um, BBC Click, which is a program over here and then finally um, for the ones that I can remember straight away um, we've got a company who are also one of our investors um, so they're doing stuff with, uh, with basically indigenous um, populations so native Indians aborigines any, anybody who's kind of placed or um, needs a voice and they're looking to create their own currency um, and sort of ecosystem. So we're sort of in the first stages of that one. And the company who um, are our biggest backers uh, have a lot of blockchain projects on. So we've got a meeting in London tomorrow to go over about five different projects and um, how much each one will cost and how we're going to deliver those um, systems for, for different companies around the world. So yeah, so the I guess the end use cases are are, are what's calling us to get the um, our, our main chain up as soon as we can do. So Raj and um, Brandon have got quite a bit of pressure on the, on the backs too, because when we get those contracts in place and people um, you know giving us um, 
early uh, contracts, then um, we've got to deliver on them. So, yeah, I suppose it's a little bit unusual in that we've got the uh, gone for the contracts before we've got the technology ready, but we have got the experience of audio audio coin and uh, proof of stake already, sort of in our. Uh, What's it? Cool. It sounds like you got a, a lot of good business going on already, and you haven't even gotten out of the ICO yet. Uh, DPoS. What what is a DPoS? I see it all over the website. What is that? Is that a the type of coin? DPoS stands for Delegated Proof of Stake. It's the consensus uh, mechanism uh, used uh, to ensure stability of the chain and that every transaction is as it seems. I see. Are, is it related to other DPoS type coins somehow? Yeah, we're actually forking from Arc. Um, we're keeping a fair amount of the uh, of their original settings. Uh, we are changing uh, several different things, though. Uh, we're we have twenty five million coins, fifteen second block times. Fifteen second block times. Yeah, we lost. We lost Brandon. I think we lost him. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm I'm a big fan of of uh, you know improving on older, gener you know like an older version of a blockchain. Like uh, for example, Komodo did a fork of Zcash, right? And yeah. you know a lot of people they they go oh they just forked it, right? And they they kind of make fun, of it. but but the fact is that everything in history has always you know been copied and then upon and made so much better you know like look at tvs look at you know many industries have done this throughout history and have improved on older concepts and you know then it's it's never the first idea that that takes the cake it's it's usually this the second guy that comes around and, and improves on it yeah steve jobs and uh, wozniak made ibm's ideas into marketable uh, products didn't they as a uh, good ideas and just uh, improved on them that's it, and that, that's how it's been throughout history. I mean, you, and I, I like, I think Komodo can make a better Zcash than Zcash. That's for sure. They, I mean, they have a, some amazing stuff going on in there. Actually, you guys should look into becoming part of the Agama wallet that they have. They, they're accepting all coins. Yeah, we'll look into that. I mean, the reason we we chose um, Depos was kind of from our end user feedback because obviously, um, you know, blockchains are. They're primarily decentralized, and uh, I suppose Depos makes them semi-private, so you have a limited number of forging nodes, so you can keep some some kind of control. It's a good way to stabilize the network. Um, I mean, decentralized uh, currencies also is a good way to stabilize the network, but you don't have any direct control against 51% uh, attacks, even though they're kind of picked up into something, a big threat that, Really happened anyway, yeah. But it it, it is nevertheless, you know. Gotcha. I, you you just gained another like twenty five hundred bucks while we were talking on your wow, on the ICO. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the number go up. That the, I, um, that's that's. Yeah, sorry, I was I was just I was just going to finish by saying. Um, so the the people we've been talking to really like the idea of uh, delegated proof of stake. It, it kind of gives them a little bit more reassurance that they can have an element of control. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
Oh, hey, welcome back. So is, is that part of the consensus idea with the DPOS? Yep, I would say that. Yep, I would say that. So if, if somebody wanted to mine the coin, I mean, is it mineable or is this a staking coin just to you know, simplify it? Yeah, so it's a staking coin. At the, at the moment, DPoS coins are only, um, well, they call it forging rather than staking, but um, basically just the delegates can forge. But our idea is to have uh, wildcard delegates. So basically, if you're not a delegate and you're running the wallet client uh, at home, um, so there'll be a chance that, you know, if you're carrying um, a certain amount of coins in your wallet, you would be chosen as a wildcard. Um, I think that's kind of having used the other DPoS coins, you think, why should I have my wallet open when I'm not forging? So we thought the wildcard idea was a good kind of um, compromise on that. So, so, so it, could be, it could be anybody, technically, that they they just have to keep their wallet open and they could be a wild card. Yeah, basically we we haven't um, we haven't sort of uh, put in place the the exact specs on what you would need to have a chance of be being a wild card delegate, but um, that's some, something we're definitely going to use. In fact, having spoken to the art team, that um, that'll work out of the box, so we don't need to do too much in terms of uh, code um, code alterations to get that implemented. As far as I understand, anyway. So I'm talking far too much, given that Raj and Loco are the tech guys. Yeah, the consensus that we're using will also be able to do multiple different things. Ken was just talking about the delegate wildcard. We could also use that to help run our side chains. Uh, one of the concepts that Raj and I were mulling over were queued side chains. So for whenever a delegate finishes forging, they would then be moved over into a side chain queue in order to continue uh, forging. And that way they don't need to wait and waste electricity. And we don't need to uh, worry about people complaining that they don't get a chance to forge or anything like that. Exactly. In this way, everyone is happy. Say that again, I'm sorry. It adds more decentralization into the process as well. So while we're starting with 201 delegates, once we get the side chains running, it could, you know, expand into 400, 500, 600 delegates. How so how how will you use the side chains once once they're implemented? Like, will they be services? Will be will they be used as services? Will they be other yes, coins? Be other coins. Yeah, each side chain would be an independent service. Um, so for some of our larger uh, partners, they require either private or semi-private blockchains. Um, so the DPoS really fits in nicely with this. We can actually section off private blockchains for our extremely large customers, or we could set up side chains for our smaller customers, and they would be able to use our delegates to forge on their chain. And, and what's the benefit to the delegates? Do they get paid somehow? Any incentive? 
Yeah, each delegate will receive a 5% of their wallet balance whenever they forge. Uh, that is decreasing annually by 1%. Uh, eventually, when it reaches uh, 0%, we will then switch to a uh, 0.1 BPL per block reward. That's 5% a year? Yep, 5% a year. That's pretty good. That, that's that's. I think that's a good incentive. Anything below that, you know, you need to give people incentive to use a coin. It's or else they just won't use it. You know, some some uh, incentives I see like one two percent. That's not going to work. You know, people are not going to keep their open their, their wallet open for for that tiny amount. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we kind of see it as um, it's kind of different to most coins the way our system will work because because we're sort of um, business business solutions so most of as Brandon said the side change will be sort of allocated to different clients um there's a limited uh, a limited number of bpl coins so we, we expect it to have high value so it's kind of um we expect there to be more demand for it even though the um the delegate uh, sorry the um forging rewards five percent and increasing um because if your if your tokens are um worth a lot I suppose a good example would be maybe ethereum or something like that but um but yeah we we want to attach a lot of value to the to the chain rather than numbers so in terms of the number of clients on the network that might be relatively small but um we want to keep the value high um so even if the forging rewards are relatively small when you compare to other coins like adc then um, we still expect there to be a high demand for those. Um, and I think once we get some clients that we can use for PR, uh, people see the real value in the coin rather than just a trading vehicle, uh, that will help the value as well. Yeah, testimonials are, are a great way to get other people to look into things. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, like I was saying at the start, the... Um, the end use cases are, are going to be our kind of um, USP in a way. Oh, very, very cool. Very cool. Um, I'm, I'm on the website at the moment. It says the blockchain is a perfect solution. It looks like you have a good, uh, a good informational for, for clients here. This. All right. Um, so. Is the is the wallet out yet? Can people download the wallet, or do we have to wait for it after the ICO? I've seen it. Raj is working on it at the moment, but I think we're some way away from uh, releasing it. Yeah. What's, what's, yeah, what's, what's I always like wallets. I'm a I'm a big fan of you know even trying a coin just to see what the wallet looks like. What does yeah, it look like, Raj? So right now we're just forking it from Arc and we're trying to make modifications to it. So once we have the ICO period over, uh, we're gonna make a bunch of modifications and see how that goes. I mean, it's uh, we have customized it and everything, but it's we're gonna release it once the ICO is over. What functions do we, will will we expect inside that inside wallet? That wallet. 
Uh, so I mean, it's it's uh, right now. It's just a replicate for the arc, and it's just like working with the with like the BPL node. So once, so it's gonna be a step by step procedure. We're gonna keep on adding new features to it. Like you could uh, make transactions, send it to like different clients, which is like the basic function for any wallet. But then, uh, once we have these things outlined, we're gonna start adding more features. For adding in a quick deployment for side chains within the wallet and, and such like that as well. Oh yeah, that too. And you've already been looking at um, smart contract. Oh, oh yeah, I've been looking at how to integrate smart contracts with the side chains and how that thing, how to how how to set those things up as well. Yep, smart contracts is going to be huge. Uh, of, so far, I think only ETH has that successfully working. Though everybody, everybody's uh, getting into the into that. I think, I think uh, Wave said that they were going to do it, and Komodo says they're going to do it, and Zcash, I believe, says says they could do it. Right? Yeah, I mean, smart contracts are the new future. I would say, like, Ethereum has it well set up, but yeah, people are looking into it, and different different people are trying to integrate the same thing, and. Uh, because all the transactions is like if, if you have used smart contracts over Ethereum, they are kind of fancy. I mean, you could do so many stuff with that. I I went to Token Summit last week and uh, they have, I, I think the name of it was called Civic. And uh, it was modular smart contracts. So you could like in little modules create your sub smart contract like yeah, in sections. That's kind of um, how we want to go with ours. Um, so we'll, Brandon's probably better to talk about this, but yeah, we're sort of having like a plug-in suite of different um, features in the blockchain that we'll be able to sort of compartmentalize and um, let clients choose from. Yeah, each one of our plugins, uh, if it's necessary for the blockchain to use, uh, would initiate a smart contract automatically. And... Uh, Base, using that would establish the uh, connection information to either the side chain or the master chain, depending on what's ever, what's required and the amount of stress that it might put on the network. So I'm a business and you guys are going to have a solution where I could easily create my, my chain in the wallet. And then eventually I'll be able to create smart contracts myself modularly in the wallet. That sounds like a good, good plan. Yep, that is correct. We will also have a suite of plugins that you'll be able to use as well. Kind of like a WordPress um, plugin repo uh, directly from the wallet as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of C uh, CMSs. I, I use Joomla. I know a lot of people use WordPress. I'm not a fan. I'm not, you know, I, I've built hundreds of websites, hundreds, and I use, I've been using Joomla for the last 10 years. So if you do something, please make a Joomla plugin. <laughs> That's funny that because I started building websites in Joomla and then um, I was the same as you, exactly the same. And the thing that made me um, move over to WordPress was just the upgrade path. It was easier to upgrade uh, WordPress than it was Joomla at the time. I'm going back about eight years now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. it's, well, I, love, I love LifeRay. I hate LifeRay with a passion. What do you hate with a passion? Uh, it's a CMS called LifeRay. I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. 
Uh, it's got to be one of those newer ones. I know there's a lot of new ones out. Yeah, they claim to be modular. They're not. There's actually so many dependencies. If you even create a uh, just a little piece on your website, it'll just break everything. I, th I think me and Ken are thinking back in the day here with Mambo, you know, Drupal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with all those too. I, I think Lifeway has actually been around for a couple of years. I, I, because I, it's so clunky, it hasn't caught on. I think the only one I'm really interested in learning after Joomla is Grav. Because it's a flat CMS. Uh, it's interesting actually talking about coding languages because um, with Lisk and Shift being JavaScript based, sorry, not Lisk, uh, Arc and Shift, JavaScript based, and um, the, been a, it's been much easier for us to um, to kind of delegate work out um, because uh, not C plus plus, so you know the the JavaScript and more sort of trendy computer languages that people are using now. It's good that they're sort of being used for blockchain stuff. I think it's going to open it up to a lot more people. Oh, yeah. Well, once we get to, you know, that, once that core layer, you know, the, what's that, the network layer, you know, once we get to the application layer, a lot more people are going to be building things you know, right through uh, HTML. I was reading about Ethereum today because um, kind of a lot of people, over the issues with Ethereum, like they're, they're hoping to use this um, this new Lightning network to this Radian network to speed it up. Uh, but Ethereum's got a lot of the inherent problems of Bitcoin, like the bloats. I mean, already massive the the actual block. Hey, can, can I'm going to stop you for a second? Do you have voice recognition on instead of a push to talk? Um. I haven't got push to talk on because I can't see it. <laughs> see if you could find it because when you talk, like Brandon, you hear that, right? Like you got cuts in and out regularly. Yeah, I can hear something. It's it, like you you say something, but when you go silent, that's the part about voice recognition that sucks. It cuts you off. So when it doesn't hear anything, it keeps cutting you off. Right. I'll I'll try and speak a bit louder then. Okay. A continuous hum. I think it has to hear something all the time in order to stay on. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying about Ethereum. Um, yeah, we want to avoid the, the problems that Ethereum has um, kind of got stuck with. Uh, it can't really go back. So it's, it's having to rely on all these third-party tools to um, solve problems that are inherent within that chain. Uh, I know that the price is going crazy and everything, but... Um, Ethereum isn't great in terms of its core functionality. Obviously, the Radian network and stuff like that will help, but it kind of feels like you're bolting things on to, to fix it rather than uh, having it right to start with. Right. right. What, what, what do you? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Ethereum's block times are so fast. It's it's gonna bloat their chain even faster than Bitcoin's would. Simply because everybody is using Ethereum to put everything into the blockchain. They're putting full files into the blockchain, everything. And, and the bloat is eventually going to get to the point where 
it's not manageable anymore. Right, and it was never meant to hold that kind of information. That's they, you know, that's what IPFS is all about. Actually, yeah. I heard you guys are going to be doing something with IPFS. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, actually, a lot of our platform is going to be built utilizing uh, IPFS. Um, the because our wallet is going to be integrated with uh, our plugins, we will actually be able to utilize IPFS for like the data storage plugins and um, uh, any any time that a large file needs to be distributed quickly, we will be able to do that, including hosting websites descent, uh, in a decentralized manner, all that sort of stuff. Oh, uh, you know, if, if you want to play around with that, uh, there's uh, something called NeoCities. It's a. Uh, it's already on IPFS the, the site. You could br you could build. It's like a. You could build sites on NeoCities. Yeah, I remember NeoCities from the '90s. Yeah, they actually they're actually still very awesome, and they they you know they're very free. So they they're not you know they 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 don't care. They, they accept Bitcoin. They don't care about uh government. So they're still really cool people, but uh. They're actually on IPFS now. So you could build a website on NeoCities and then download the files and then upload it to your, your node, your IPFS node, and it'll work. Yeah. 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 A few yeah. Shift, have, shift have done that as well. Um, they've, they've built their own file manager, which I've tested, and that works really well. I think it can, IPFS really suits uh, delegated proof of stake as well in that you... I think you mentioned earlier that you know files can disappear unless um, they've got nodes hosting them. Uh, so the delegated proof of stake gives you like a stable 201 nodes there for um, you know for there there isn't any overhead in terms of um, storage because of the because it uses DHT so the the files spread around. So, um, so yeah, so we we find well part of the plans that we've got for some of the solutions already. Uh, using IPFS rather than um, you know MongoDB, MongoDB or some of the other uh, similar uh, semi-decentralized ba uh, databases. Feel, feel, to add on to that, um, uh, the relay nodes would also be able to participate uh, in hosting files as well. So that gives them another uh, source of revenue while they're waiting to either become a delegate or to hit a wildcard. I. Uh, Keep in mind that running a node takes up a lot of storage space on people's computers. I, I, I ran into that problem with running three IPFS nodes, and it was my whole hard drive filled up. I have no idea with what, but it, it does. I, I guess it takes files that are being shared, and you know when it puts it out there to other nodes, it's using your computer to store it. And it ends up filling up really big. So I don't know. That's why I stopped using it. It was just filling up my, my computers too quickly. But all, the, all that aside, uh, IPFS is great. And I spoke to Juan Bennett at uh, Token Summit last week. I mean, you could reach out to him and he'll tell you how to solve like all the, all the issues that you have with them. He's, he's more than happy to help with, with you know, ventures using IPFS. Yeah. That's um, that's definitely good information for us. Oh, he 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 loves he loves people using IPFS. I spoke to him. He said, he said in June, 
which I was really interested in. I was like, you got to tell me when it's coming out. I've been hearing about it for like two, three years now, and I'm, I don't see anything out there where I could find out when it's coming out. Filecoin comes out at the end of June. Yep. Is that, um, is that totally IPFS-based and loops? Yeah, yes, it is, and it's gonna be like, uh, like it's gonna be like a Sia coin or like a, uh, what's that new one, Blockstack, I think, and or Storage. It's gonna be like one of those coins. Yeah, I mean, if we can plug into someone else's service um, uh, for file storage, like one of those, um, we have no, absolutely no qualms about doing that, given um, that we will have some security um, uh, needs. But yeah, so it doesn't doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel when someone else is doing it. Yeah, man, definitely wait. Then wait for the genuine article. I mean, Juan Bennett created IPFS. It doesn't get better than that. You know, I I, I kind of my first toe in the water with uh, IPFS was watching one of the YouTube videos. Like they're an hour or so long, aren't they? Some of them, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to find out about it for five minutes or something, and ended up watching all of them. Uh, because it was that fascinating yeah yeah <laughs> it's, yeah you know when i when i caught caught up with him at the at the token summit he thought i was like a media guy because i had my core media hat on yeah <laughs> and he's like oh, i can't talk right now i can't talk right now and i was like i was like wait a minute i was like wait like you're my idol man like, you're one benny you created ipfs you're like a god in the crypto community and then all of a sudden he stopped and he realized that I'm not I'm not like a media guy trying to question him, you know, I just wanted to talk to him. Well, that's the, that's the case when you've just, uh, you know, it's like Tim Berners-Lee or somebody like that who's uh, kind of doing it for, um, you know, sort of egalitarian reasons, whatever the word is, then they're not doing it to make money. They're kind of just seeing a, a better way of doing things. Yeah, I, mean, he, I I felt bad because I I I didn't want him to like run away from me because I you know I am technically core cool media but you know I'm I'm a cool guy I'm not there to bust anybody's nuts. <laughs> Tell me about the ICO guys. I mean you you guys we, we've been talking about a, a lot of tech here that's coming out. What? Tell me about the ICO. How is that? I mean, how is that arranged? I know a lot of people are waiting till the last day. Yeah, so it's um. We were we were kind of um, involved a little bit with Salus SLS the coin. Um, they used a price discovery system. So yeah, so um, basically what happens with the price discovery system is that you collect um, the uh, you exchange the tokens for other currencies. And then uh, when that process finishes, 25 million tokens are divided by the amount raised so that sort of gives you a price per token um we've done it as units so for instance if we sell 1 million units then each unit would be worth 25 tokens i suppose that's the best way to explain how that works so so that's the reason why no one's jumping in full blown right now because you kind of just shoot yourself in the foot yeah, there's, there's that, um, I suppose the one drawback of price discovery is the people who, who get in early or, or are already part of the process don't particularly want other people to jump in because it uh, would dilute the value of their tokens. 
Very cool. And it, when, when does uh, when does this end? When does the, the ICO end? So it's uh, got one more month to run. Um, so yeah, the, June the thirtieth is ends. And um, so we're hoping that the test net will be stable by then, and that very soon after that we'll have the main net running, and we can as soon as that starts forging, we'll distribute the tokens to everyone who's um, everyone who's contributed to the token exchange. I see this word token exchange a lot. What is uh what does that mean? Okay, that was kind of um it was recommended to us. Um there's been a lot of kind of uh negative publicity around ICOs, um legal formalities and stuff, and it was basically just recommended to us that token exchange is uh safer way to um, prevent and so basically you're exchanging tokens nobody's buying anything you're exchanging one currency for another so there's no um, technically there's no money changing hands whereas with a traditional ICO you're um, investing in a project um, it's a little bit it's kind of semantics really but um, yeah so we we kind of um, took best practice advice off a few other projects on that one very cool very cool i see i yeah, yeah we do that a lot in crypto right <laughs> we, it's just it's something we, we gotta you know cover our own butts you know because there's a lot of uh john laws out there that want to come down on us yeah a lot for... of people scare very scared of especially people who don't understand the technology they they're really scared of i think i don't know whether it's a fear or um uh, you know, um, it threatens the status quo in some ways. So you have that sort of pushback, uh, not just on ICOs, but crypto in general. The government doesn't like competition. And that's the other thing with the banks getting involved, because they're all wanting to create their own private blockchains to keep control, um, so, you, so they can still uh, put their hefty fees on transactions and things. So, you, you know, how that pans out will will be interesting, because... If a whole bunch of banks have got their own private blockchain still charging fees, then people will just go to the banks that aren't, you know, the more progressive banks that are kind of saying, well, this is a new way to, to transact. We're not going to start charging people massive fees. Um, we'll just take a very small fee and, and we'll have a bigger network. However, they decide to do it. I think there's a the massive change in the fintech world. Yes, yeah, a lot of changes. Can I, can I, uh, can I give people that tip I found out earlier about the 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 converting to uh the nine percent? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. All right, guys, check this out. Right, instead of just buying block pool, <laughs> just go on the exchange, buy uh you know any coin that's probably uh, that they accept that's cheap. So you have uh, Shift or Lisk or Autovine, right? And you, you get a nine put you get you could you get a ten percent discount so when yeah, buying so the with that coin at the, moment, the best buy at the moment is probably audio coin because we've pegged that at 100 sats um and then uh, we've got a 10 percent discount on uh, Lisk and shift as well so those three coins probably the best best way to get involved at the moment so you could just get those coins and use those coins to participate in the ico and you get a 10 percent discount off the bat it's pretty cool. I thought that was a that was a little 
a little sneaky. I, it, it was it was a little too easy with the with Bitcoin, you know. I think the the um, the thing we found most with the on Slack and everything is that people just question everything that you do because there's been so many um, dodgy projects in the past. People oh, are yeah. wary about um, investing in things now. Uh, I know that uh, you know there's a lot of um, different ICOs like. Um, Recently, there's been a kind of an upsurge in the amount that people have um, been able to raise, but I think that that kind of has only happened in the last two to three months. With um, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum have gone through the roof, and that's generated a lot of publicity. I mean, I know uh, at my kind of day job, um, there's three people got involved in crypto in the last two months who had no uh, interest whatsoever before that. Uh, so they're they're trading Ethereum and Bitcoin just because of the publicity that has been generated in the last couple of months. So I, I think it's you know people are saying that um, even Bitcoin could go up to a hundred thousand per coin and stuff. I, I don't think that's too wild a, an estimate. I mean, obviously it's 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 fairly astounding, but you know it's a finite supply, so it could happen. I think that's correct. It can happen. I believe it will happen. Uh, what, that's what happens with a finite supply, right? Yeah. So and, um, I, I suppose that was, you know we set um, a twenty-five million limit on our on our coin, and uh, uh, you know Salus SLS was um, was a coin that it, it kind of the the purpose of Salus was to invest in other coins, so it's kind of a trading vehicle in in a way, uh, but that had a finite supply and. It's done really well, you know. It's kind of flown under the radar, but it's been traded well on the exchanges, and um, uh, so yeah. So we took uh, some pointers from from that coin, and um, yeah. So I suppose we've been reverse engineered in a little way, and that's uh, probably a bad a bad way to sort of describe um, how we sort of did our business plan. But okay. um, but it very much was um, driven by end users. Can I inquire about the fiat pegging in Blackpool? Yeah, well, yeah, it's, well it's, it's 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 pegged at ten dollars. The only reason we did that, the the reason we pegged it uh, with fiat currency was the volatility aspect. So, if we pegged it to Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, they they move wildly uh, from one day to the next. So it could be kind of disadvantageous for somebody to invest one day and find that they could get double the next day or whatever. So by pegging to um, US dollars, we thought that was the most stable way to do it. Even though people hate anything to do with fiat in the crypto community, we just thought that was the most um, uh, sensible way to do it. Okay. I, I was. I think you're talking about the ICO, right? Yeah. I, I was talking about in your white paper, there's, there's a mention of uh, fiat pegging. Uh, for customers yeah the way that fiat pegging is done is whenever we create a token on a private uh, blockchain or a pseudo private blockchain that token never makes it off that that chain it is not able to be traded and in doing that we are actually able to create a one-to-one -one peg with that company's bank account I see. What, what are what's BAPS? Blockchain apps? Is that what that means? Yes, that's correct. Blockchain apps. So just to recap, you got communication plugins coming, 
blockchain plugins for CMSs. That's what you mean by plugins. Uh, file storage plugins we spoke about with the IPFS coming. We spoke about DPoS, delegated proof of stake. What were you going to say, Ken? I'm sorry. I, think... I was just going to say that um, uh, some of the clients we spoke to weren't interested in the currency as such. So the fiat pegging was basically you're still using the tokens, but uh, having a one-to-one -one match with um, traditional systems. We found that the, um, there was a lot of legacy uh, systems that people didn't want to get rid of. So um, the, the plugin idea was so we could apply uh, limited blockchain solutions, companies that wanted to keep um, existing infrastructure in place. Um, so the whole idea of the plugins came from talking to clients. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that, that that increases the value of a coin significantly when you have, uh, you know, fiat pegging because, I mean, just just look at Waves, for example. It just doubled in price once they implemented it and it's working. So, and what and once they, once they add more different types of fiats, I imagine it's probably going to go up even higher. It's just something that allows mainstream to get involved, I think. Sort of like a temporary measure for, uh, for people that, believe crypto is the, going to be the new way for all transactions to happen and the fiat pegging is sort of a necessary evil. Right, I, right. I, I was, um, I, watched, you... I think it was a CBS uh, news uh, article last week uh, on the Bitcoin price. So they had these so-called analysts in, um, oh, but Bitcoin's got no value. Um, but if you look at, you know, a dollar bill, what value has that got? It's just got value that's been assigned by some theorist. It's, it's the same as noughts and ones, really. The fact that it's a physical artifact doesn't give it value. So, you know, any token exchange or currency doesn't have any intrinsic value. You have to attach the value to it. The only value fiat currency has is uh, the value that people believe in it. Because once people start believing in it, it's done. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and I would actually argue that um, blockchain has an inherent value in the tech, which is something that fiat can't can't even claim. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I I believe people are gonna move over. I mean, I have my neighbor asking me how to buy Bitcoin. I mean, this is an old guy. That that's never happened. You know, I have ants asking me how to buy how to buy Bitcoin. I mean, I'm like you're a little late, you know, to the game. You know, but. Still, this is this shows me that there's normal people that are hearing about it. You know, they probably feel like they missed or they don't want to miss out. Maybe there's a little FOMO going on in the mainstream. One of the biggest, yeah. one of the biggest investment trust companies in the UK, you've probably already got a lot of these in the States, but in the UK, um, we're a little bit behind the States in terms of um, currency and stuff. Uh, but today, um, one of our big ones called Hargreaves Lansdowne announced um, that they were going to be um, accepting or not accepting. They were going to have a Bitcoin investment trust, basically. Um, so that's that's quite big because they're sort of a traditional investment trust company and they've just announced the Bitcoin fund today. Um, so it's kind of another, it's another acceptance um, level, threshold that we've, we've sort of... Uh, Manage to overcome if people like that are starting to, you know, invest in Bitcoin. Very cool, very cool. I think uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna start 
bringing this to a, a conclusion, guys, because it's been about an hour, and I don't I don't like to go a little go longer than that because attention spans start dying off. I just notice it in the statistics of shows. Yeah. So I I want you guys back here uh, a day or two or three before the ICO ends. Is that possible? Sounds good. You know, so just so we could recap, you know, people could understand a little better because I think everyone's gonna FOMO into it the last three days. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm personally not buying because I know about how it works. Also, so you know, we we don't we don't want too many people involved. The less more people involved, the less I get. So. So this this show's only going to go out on the last day, then, is it, Luke? <laughs> that's what that's that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, it happened with with Atmos with Novosphere, and that's what happened. I mean, the last day, like it's and, and and you sit there cringing, like, oh no, no more. Come on, just stop buying, please be over. It's like stop diluting my shares. But you know it's fun. It's actually a lot of fun. I like this method. It's a it's a pretty cool method. But yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see it at the end. And uh, it's a good method. Yeah, and even though the shares are technically diluted, you don't lose your value, though. You know, how much you, you invested is still equal to that amount. Right, but everybody wants more coins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, fellas. Hey, Rush, are you are you still there, man? Yeah, I'm here in the background, I'm listening in. Tell me more about you, man. I, I we didn't get to hear much from you today. What what what, what is what is your uh, you know how do you like the project so far, and where do you see it going? Uh, for now, I love the project. I mean, it's like something. Uh, it's it's not something new, but it's like every day. It's like something different. You get to learn, and you got to apply the same thing. And I see this go a long way through. Uh, because the because the technology we're implementing and the things we're integrating with blockchain is the future, I would say. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us today. I love you all and have a great day. Supernet aims to give people their power back through technology by no longer needing to rely on third parties such as exchanges, banks, and services, giving you privacy at the same time. Supernet Technologies is the most anonymous technology being worked on currently, with a team of developers working diligently daily. Supernet aspires to be a creative, innovative, state-of-the-art solutions provider, which provides individuals opportunity, personal satisfaction and value. You can find out more at www.supernet.org and join our Slack with over 2,500 people.